Section number 9 of the Junior Classics Volume 9, Stories of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashang Jakmola. How Hilda Got a School by Lelia Munsell. Well, Hilda, do you want to try again? Mr. Kenyon had hung up his overcoat and cap and was standing with his back to the fire which Hilda had quickened when she heard him coming. She knew he would be chilled, for it was a cold February night. Johnston told me that there would be a change for the spring term down here in Hazel Row, he went on. The board is going to meet next Monday, he said, so if you want to try again, we'd better get in your application within a day or two. Mrs. Kenyon heard her husband's question and came in from the kitchen to hear what further he might have to say while the two younger children dropped their play to listen. They were all interested in Hilda's attempt to get a school. You could board at home if you got that, said Mrs. Kenyon. It's only two miles. Mr. Kenyon laughed. Better catch your hair before you cook it. Perhaps Hilda doesn't even want to try again. Papa, cried Hilda indignantly. You know, I want to try again. But now listen, you and Mama both, and please don't think I don't appreciate what you have done to help me, but I want to go all alone this time. If I am ever going to make a teacher, I must learn to depend upon myself. I can't always have you to do things for me. And besides, I don't blame a school board for not hiring a teacher who hasn't grit enough to apply alone. You know I can't say anything for myself when you are along, Papa. I can talk before a stranger lots better than I can before you. I don't see why you should feel that way, interposed Mrs. Kenyon. You surely are not afraid of your father. I'm not afraid of him in one sense, but in another sense I am. I can't talk to the directors before him as I could if I were alone. I let Papa apply for me last fall, and I let him go along twice this spring, and I haven't a school yet. Mrs. Kenyon started to speak, but her husband shook his head at her. I guess we'll have to let you have your way this time, he said. We'll see if you succeed any better than I did. Hilda gave him a grateful look. But how are you going? Couldn't I walk? It isn't far. No, indeed. Johnston, of course, is less than two miles away, but Mr. Andrews lives four or five miles northeast, and Smith is as far in the other direction. You'll have twelve or fourteen miles to travel by the time you get back home. There is too much snow for you to walk anyway, even if it wasn't too far, and I can't trust you to drive the team alone as cold as it is. I can write old Selim. He's safe enough. Yes, he's safe enough but you will find it pretty cold, riding so far on horseback. You'd better let your father take you in the buggy, said Mrs. Kenyon. You'll freeze to death on Selim. Now, Mama, please, begged Hilda, and her mother said no more. Hilda had many ambitions, but the nearest and most absorbing one was to get a school. Beyond that lay a college course, and beyond that, she hardly dared to think of all the good things the future might hold for her and hers if only she might go to college. But she knew that the money for a college course must come from her own efforts. She had been a very proud girl when her first certificate came. It was only for a year, of course. According to the laws of the state, one must have taught three months to receive a certificate for a longer time than that but her grades were high enough to entitle her to a second class. 
the county superintendent had enclosed a kind little note with the certificate and had spoken personally to her father, commending her work very highly. Hilda felt that she had a right to be proud. But the certificate in itself was not worth much. Its chief value lay in the fact that it entitled her to teach if she could get a school. And how she did want a school. She dreamed of it by night and talked of it by day. Her father's announcement that there was a vacancy so near home raised her hopes again. If she could get the place, she could save all her salary, for the schoolhouse was so near that she could board at home, as her mother had said. She must get it, that was all. And she felt that she must go alone. Mr. Kenyon made no objection this time, and Mrs. Kenyon consented on the condition that Hilda would allow herself to be well bundled up for the long, cold ride. Hilda readily consented to this, but she almost rued her bargain in the morning when her mother insisted on putting a large coat of her own over Hilda's and in trying a scarf over the warm hood, and when the girl had climbed on the horse, she had wrapped a warm shawl about her. "'How in the world am I to get on and off again with all this stuff, Mamma? she asked. "'I feel as wrapped up as a mummy. I know I'll frighten all the horses I meet.' It was well, perhaps, that she could not see herself, for she certainly cut rather a ridiculous figure. Added to all the rest, she was riding her father's saddle. The right stirrup had been thrown over, and in this her foot rested, while the left stirrup dangled below. She had never been fortunate enough to possess a side saddle, and had often ridden in this way about the farm. But she could not help feeling a little sensitive about her appearance on this occasion, which meant so much to her, and she wished her mother would not be so fussy. As she drew near Mr. Johnston's house, she considered it would take her some time to disentangle herself from many wrappings, and to anyone watching from the house she would present rather a ridiculous appearance in her necessarily clumsy efforts to dismount. So she halted old Selim some distance from the front gate, and here, hidden by the trees, she divested herself of her extra garments. Her heart was pounding away vigorously as she knocked and inquired if Mr. Johnston was in. She had known him ever since she could remember, but he seemed suddenly to have become almost a stranger. Outwardly, however, it was a very dignified young lady who presented her case before him. It seemed to her that he looked at her for fully five minutes without speaking. So, you want to teach? he asked at last. Pretty young, aren't you? How old are you? Seventeen? Yes, sir, answered Hilda. I suppose that isn't very old, but I have a good certificate, and I am pretty sure that I can teach a good school. At least, I try my best if you would give me a chance. That's what they all say, remarked Mr. Johnston. I know, but that is all I can say till somebody gives me a chance to show what I can do. You have had no experience, of course. No, but if I am ever to make a teacher, I'll have to teach my first school sometime and somewhere. I guess that's so. Got some pretty good grades here. He had been examining the certificate she had handed him. Yes, sir, answered Hilda modestly. Again he was silent. Then he handed her back her certificate. Well, I'll tell you, Hilda, so far as I am concerned, I am willing to give you a chance. I've known you ever since you were a baby, and I know you are a wide-awake, energetic little girl. But I'm only one of three, and I am afraid you won't stand the best of chances with the other two. 
You don't know either of them personally, do you? I thought not. Andrew wants the place for a cousin of his, and Smith will think you are too young. But go and see both of them. Don't tell them what I've said. Simply say that you spoke to me about it. Smith is president of the board. Hilda thanked him and went her way, much encouraged in spite of what he had said about her possible reception by the other two members. She experienced some difficulty in mounting and dismounting each time, encumbered as she was, but that did not trouble her much now, although she was careful at both places to stop far enough away from the house, as she had done at Mr. Johnston's, to enable her to accomplish this feat without being seen. And she was truly thankful that no one asked her how she came. She much preferred that the men whose interest she was trying to enlist should not see her perched up on old Selim, like a big round bump on a log, as her father had expressed it. Fortunately, she found both Mr. Andrews and Mr. Smith at home, but she did not receive the encouragement from them that she had done from Mr. Johnston. Indeed, Mr. Andrews told her that the school was as good as engaged and that it was useless for her to see Mr. Smith. Hilda, remembering what Mr. Johnston had told her about the cousin, made no reply, but resolved to call upon Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith listened to her courteously and quietly. Pretty young, aren't you? he asked. Hilda laughed. I expected you to say that, but it isn't always age and experience that makes success. I have always wanted to teach, and I've always thought I could teach, and I believe I can, if I am young. I don't know, but that's the right way to talk. We've got to believe in ourselves before we ever amount to much. How much would you want a month? She was not prepared for this question. In her heart she knew that she would take the school at whatever they might offer, but she reflected that it would not be policy to say so, so she answered, Whatever you have been paying for your spring term. Well, we'll talk over your application Monday. If we want you, we will let you know. You needn't come to see us about it again. Hilda was obliged to be content with this. She thanked him, and then, behind the grove where she had tied her horse, she bundled herself up for the ride home, where an eager audience listened to her story while she thawed out her fingers and toes. The next six days seemed interminably long to her, but Monday came at last. All day she listened expectantly for a step on the front porch, but no one came that day or the next. Wednesday morning she was helping her father about the barn when she heard someone behind her and turned to face Mr. Johnston. Hello, he cried. So you concluded to try farming if you couldn't get a school? Hilda smiled in reply. She could not trust herself to speak, so she had failed again. Mr. Johnston chatted with her father for a time while she went bravely on with her work. It would never do to let him know how disappointed she was. Well, Hilda, he said finally, I'll expect you to do me credit this spring. Hilda looked up, surprised. We concluded we would try you, he continued. Andrew stuck out for his cousin, but Smith went with me. Smith was quite taken with you. Andrew's cousin had let him attend to her application and had never come to see one of us about it. Smith didn't like that way of doing things, and I confess I don't myself. You'll get $35 for three months. If that is satisfactory, I guess we might as well go to the house and sign the contract now. Hilda felt that she was treading on air as she followed him to the house. 
and when she saw her name signed to the little slip of paper, the contract between herself and District Number 33, she secretly pinched herself to see if she were awake. She wanted to shout, but of course that would not do. But the moment Mr. Johnston was gone, she seized her mother about the waist and whirled her round the room. Just think, Mama, just think, she cried. I've actually got a school, one hundred and five dollars and no board to pay. Okay, maybe now I won't have to wait any longer to go to college than I had expected to do in the first place. And Mama, she drew her mother close and whispered in her ear, when I get to be a professor in some big university, you won't have to work any more, and I can give you the things that I've wanted and wanted so long to give you. End of section number nine.